Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right? Well, I just have to get to the clinic for 1030. So it takes me about half an hour. So if, if that would be, that would be great. All right. And we are up and we are live. Hi, everyone. Dr. Poe is back. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Good to be back. You're my favorite. We're going to break down uh, secondary supplements uh, today. Um, but just just do a quick introduction. We do have uh, some new people in the group. They might have missed you last session. Um, Dr. Paul was back earlier in the program to discuss the first set of supplements. And now he is back. But maybe just a quick overview, Dr. Paul. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've been doing this for, I don't know, a couple of years now, it seems yeah. like. Uh, yeah. And I'm a naturopathic doctor with a focus in really integrative multidisciplinary medicine. And we've talked about that many times with, uh, with you on the show. Uh, I do have a very strong focus in, uh, and background in supplements and nutraceutical science. And I worked in that industry for a decade. So I know that really, really, really well. Uh, and of course the trying to get after the root cause. And that's really what a naturopathic doctor tries to do is that we have the time we have the training, we have the ability to kind of figure out what is your underlying imbalance and yeah. that's kind of what I like to share with people uh, in our conversations with you. Yeah. Like, can we just talk about root cause for a little bit? Like, how would that be different than your doctor? Cause that's a real buzzword that's being thrown out a lot is root cause, root cause. But can you just kind of explain exactly what that, what that means? And we, and we're not here to, to do a disservice to doctors. They have their no. place. Absolutely. Um, in previous conversations, we've talked about how there, there, there is a whole supplement world and it's, it's it's, it's tried, tested and studied and there's science behind yes. it. And, you know, there's doctors who sort of more deal in, in their form of medicine and sort of treating hands on and that kind of stuff. And there really is the, the middleman or not the middleman, the person to talk about the supplements would be more your naturopathic doctor, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a focused person with an expertise in that area. Again, if you want somebody to do like, you know, corporate law, you're going to go to somebody that is a, a corporate lawyer, for example, yep. rather than just like a general practitioner. Uh, and that's really what a family doctor is. And, and, and like, I like, I'm glad that you said that right off the top is that, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for yeah, of course. every healthcare provider. Yep. But what I don't really tolerate is saying, you know, you have nothing to offer and you have nothing to offer. And I'm the only person that knows everything. Yeah. And that's sometimes the conversation that happens. And then the second thing, which you also touched on is, well, there it's all, it's all nonsense. There's no research. And that's just simply not true. It's just, yeah. it's just, you just haven't read any of the papers or you haven't yeah. bothered, bothered to do it. So the evidence is there for all the things that people are doing in the program for all the supplements that are doing, uh, they're doing in the program. So it's, it, there is a lot of research that we can pull on. And so we just have to understand that medical doctors, family doctors, uh, they don't have the bandwidth. They don't have the time in that seven minutes, which is the average yeah. visit that you have with a person to get into those root causes, Gina. And yeah. when I say root cause, I mean, okay, you have a headache. Yeah. Uh, it, 
all right, so I'm going to prescribe you a pain medication. If that doesn't work, I'll prescribe you a stronger pain medication. That's Got not it. really addressing why you might have the headache. The doctor mm. doesn't take the time to say, hey, listen, I'm going to put my hands on your neck and realize, you know what? It actually is your tight neck, muscle, neck muscles and you're watching your phone too much or you're on your mm. computer with poor posture. Yeah, I, it, we all are, you know, <laughs> mine, mine are tight too. So, you know, that's, to me, that's what a primary care provider should do is look at all the different options, not say, I have time to write a script and here you go. And you can apply that to almost any kind of chronic issue. Depression, for example, there's a role to play in antidepressants. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. However, it shouldn't be given to everybody. First line is the thing that they start off with. There should be other things that you look at. There's research showing if you change your diet, your mood improves. Mm -hmm. If you change the types of fats that you eat, your mood improves. Mm -hmm. They're all things that are connection. And by the way, mood is majorly connected to inflammation, which is one of the things we're going to talk about about today. We're going to talk about today. I love that. Okay. All right. So, okay. So let's get into, let's save this, the secondary supplements to the end. Let's get into reasons why your weight might not be dropping. And this is where inflammation ties in because there, you know, people are doing the program. They're humming along. Bodies are changing. Mm-hmm. Weight is dropping. Yes. They have some question about how to level up this, how to level up that, but let's get to the people who are like doing the thing and they really feel Up and this is not working for me. Who would that be and why and what can they do about it? That's a really loaded question. I know. <laughs> There's a lot there, you know, we have to unpack. Okay. I'm going to try not to ramble here. Um, okay. So whenever there is, you're, you're doing a program like yours and, and you're going through it, most people, 80% of people get good results. Now, sometimes the rate of that change is different. The rate might be quicker in some people. Be careful of not looking, comparing yourself to like, oh, that person lost 40 pounds. It's like, I hear it all the time for my patients who yeah. a lot of them have gone through the program now. They're like, oh, my friend that I did it, she lost 40 pounds and I lost five. And what's wrong with me? Yeah. Well, there may not be anything wrong with you. And that is something that we need to kind of, you know, figure out. And that's what I do with, with my patients is that we look at, okay, are there underlying issues like a chronic autoimmune or inflammatory condition that you didn't know? Uh, that is an obstacle to weight loss. Could Mm. there be an underlying hormonal issue, which I know you've talked about many times in the program. You have other people talking about it, thyroid, menopause, right around that time. There are things that we, that the hormones that are changing that we don't fully understand unless you get them tested. Mm -hmm. You can test them through blood. You can test them through urine. You can test them through saliva to see what is happening at that particular point in time. It could not be your reproductive hormones. Maybe it's your stress hormones, your cortisol. And that is a big connection to inflammation because cortisol is an anti-inflammatory. Right. So if your adrenal system is off, then you're not going to be able to control your inflammation. You're also going to continue to be in that kind of like store, save up for a rainy day mode. Uh, and then finally, you touched on uh, you know a big one, which I think is really coming out to be a major one that, I, that I'm seeing more and more with my patients is that when your microbiome, your gut bacteria is imbalanced, they are going to then pose an obstacle to weight loss. And this may be that you have a lot of chronic gut issues. People might present with something like IBS. That could be an issue. It could be that you're not absorbing your nutrients very well. It could actually be, and this is what the latest research is coming out, is that it could actually be that the type of bacteria, the makeup down there is such that it's tougher to lose weight because that microbiome is a major ally for us to be able to get into optimal metabolic rate. 
Okay. So I always say this, this process will work for everybody. If you're human and you have a body. And I say to people like, you may have special needs in a sense that you may have, you know, certain health issues like hormone, like hormone yep. issues, thyroids or cortisol, whatever that might be. You may be missing organs. You may be missing. So the process will work for you. It's just a matter of figuring out what you need to address to get the body to respond. And a lot right. of times when we say we need to get the body to specifically focus on fat loss, it's not a priority for your body because it's focused on managing your inflammation and your stress and everything's out of whack. Right. It can't, it's so busy doing all this. It can't even really focus on what you want to focus on. So it's all a matter of, of helping the body to address these issues, to calm down all of the stress so that the body can more clearly focus on the things that you want to, to focus on, like weight loss. Right. So meaning there's some of you have got this like path of like chaos in front of you that you've got to address and work through in order to see that nice, clear path moving forward. So, so right. if that made sense. So can we just talk inflammation? How do you know you have inflammation? Like, how do you know? That's one of the reasons why your body might not be connecting well to the process. How would I know if I have inflammation in my body? How would, what would I feel like? Would I feel like anything? Would I know? You will. Uh, so there's, there's a couple of ways. One of them is that you might wake up and you might feel like a lot of things are swollen. Like your rings are swollen all the time. For example, your, the knuckles in your fingers, they just feel like they're a little bit um, tight and you can't totally have to like crack them when yeah. you wake up in the morning, you have to kind of like limp to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that, that it isn't to do with a specific injury that happened that, you know, that there's okay. some major structural damage. Okay. So that's one way there are signs like that. Um, you know, chronic headaches, for example, could be local inflammation in certain joints in the head and neck. Um, you could also test your blood to see if you have inflammation. And this is typically not something that is done on a general physical exam. Physical exam type of blood testing will just do complete blood count. They might do your thyroid one marker, and then they're going to do maybe your iron if you're lucky. They won't do vitamin D unless you ask for it, and they won't do any of these additional inflammatory markers. Okay. So you could test okay. that. I uh, consider if you have a family history of autoimmune disease, because I, I I see often that there's an underlying autoimmunity, and again that term autoimmunity it means that your body's attacking itself, Gina. And okay. that is a form of inflammation. That's a form of inflammation. Then there's another huge area of inflammation. This is kind of like the, the A and the B. This is food-induced inflammation. This is a little bit different. This is, uh, you know, I eat a piece of bread and right away I get a headache or I know that my, um, my, my joint or my neck starts hurting. For me, mm. like I know it's dairy and I know right away that my neck starts getting sore. That's just uh, my observation that I've done over the years. But... Um, Normally, before people get on the plan, it's very difficult to make these observations, Gina. Your body, yeah. one of the biggest, most brilliant things people can achieve through going through the plan that they're on right now is that they are now starting to recreate the communication pathways with mm -hmm. their body. Yes. Are, when, when we say mindful, Gina, people think, oh, I'm going to meditate. When I say mindful, I actually think about it more of like, are you actually listening to your body? Are you able to interpret what your body is trying to tell you? Cause it's trying to tell you things every moment of every day, but most of the time it's so mixed up in stress and poor sleep and poor diet and, and all these other things that the signals are just hazy. You can't even, you can't tell what's what, but when you start clearing the floor, clearing the plane, you start realizing, okay, what's left. So take a moment and do a complete scan of your body, a complete scan of your system and be like, all right, I'm doing Gina's plan. In my experience, it should clean up 80% of junk that's going on yeah. in your body. 
And now what's left is probably what you really need to work on. Mm, I wrote down, so I made the note they'll hear messaging because that's the thing about inflammation is like, it's preventing your body to com from communicating with itself, essentially. Right. Like that's, that's it's what's the message, Gina. Inflammation yeah. is just a message. Like yeah. everyone's really obsessed with inflammation. Yeah, they are. <laughs> There's a root cause to inflammation. Like what is inflammation? All it is, is that it's a signal that your body's putting out. So it's kind of like, if we're going to use the car, it's an analogy, SOS, SOS, it is. SOS, yeah. SOS. It is. But, but the problem is, Gina, is that people don't even know and they don't, can't even interpret their own SOS signals because their, their inflammation uh, kind of cues are so yeah. muddled. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like a car. I always use this analogy. Nash by the doctors are famous for it. It's like a dashboard on a car. Most people going into the program, <laughs> they can't even see the dashboard. It's covered in a, in a, in a thing of, uh, of dust like this. So the program cleans the dashboard off and then you start looking underneath and being like, oh, wow, you know what? There's no lights on. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Now <laughs> they're engine my, my oil light is flashing. Engine lights flicking. Well, I didn't see that because it was covered by me eating, you know, cereal yeah. every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Yeah. That's yes. Kind of analogy. And then, so then the inflammation is the clicking check engine light, but the issue isn't the light. You can't take a hammer and knock it out, go boom. And then the light disappears. Yeah. Yeah. The issue is coming from the engine. Inside, so the inflammation yeah, is still just the sign. It's a deeper uh, kind of signal. But yeah. then the issue is where's is the inflammation coming from? Ah, now we're getting to is it food related? Is it to do with um, maybe some sort of wear and tear? Maybe it actually is something structural. Right. Maybe it's to do with that your cortisol levels are so low that they're not able to control the inflammation, which normally should be there and, and remember cortisol is an anti-inflammatory so yeah. hormones play a role in regulating inflammation anyways i'll get off my little uh my little <laughs> no, give me more we'll come, we'll come back just... to that food that, that car analogy i like that I'll, I'll double down on that i like that too <laughs> i'm just sort of envisioning people in, who are like i no, no i'm fine meanwhile they're getting up and they're 40 and they're like walking around like this getting out of bed no i'm fine honestly i'm, I'm fine i'm good i got nothing wrong with me i don't know why this well, program is not working get my coffee in the morning and that's it i'm good you know like oh like once i get going yeah i know i have patients that literally have described themselves that way that they're like i'm i feel i feel like in the, in the direct quote is and if anybody listening can resonate I'm 45, but I feel like I'm 85. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like I'm, you know, not even like 90 or something like that. Okay. So food, so inflammation, so that, so you'll know, um, food sensitivity, talk about that. You did, you touched on that. Like, yeah. so we got people taking, you know, doing journals and, 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 you know, there's a place in the app that they can record how their body's responding. If you ate something that bothered you, would you know right away? Is there a delayed response? Is there, is what it different for everybody? What is that? Yeah. So normally if a person's not on, on a plan like this, they probably wouldn't know because mm. they are eating so many different things that are causing different issues. So I find that if you're, once you start working down any sort of um, plan like yours, for example, or an elimination style diet, where you're starting yep. to take out some of these bigger, more inflammatory uh, foods, then you're, then your body's now going to send you a clearer signal. So uh, if you're worried, if you're wondering about wheat, you're wondering about gluten and you're like, you know what? I don't feel good after I eat pasta. I get really bloated, then avoid it for one month and then reintroduce it. And your body's going to have a true kind of signal how you tolerate it. And you should pay attention to every single area, not just like, is my gut off? Mm. It's interesting in celiac, Gina, 50% of symptoms are outside of the gut extra intestinal meaning that has nothing to do with like i'm i'm crampy Actually, i'm bloated stomach. yeah it has to do with 
oh, wow, my, my, my migraines are due with, with the wheat that I'm eating. That was mm. So pay attention to skin, pay attention to digestion, obviously pay attention to pain. Okay. Uh, pay, uh, pay attention to energy levels like fatigue. That's a huge one. Mm. So once you, once you kind of get on a plan like this, it should be pretty obvious within the first 24 to 48 hours that you should get kind of a reaction to it. Oh, wow. Okay. What about things like nightshades and those lectins and seeds and like people talking about inflammation from that? Is that, would that be like a generalizing and people should stay away from those? Cause you know, buzzwords, um, or is it individual, yeah. like based on the individual and if you have food sensitivities, are they based on how like actual allergies or is it more, your stomach is just not strong enough to handle them. Um, let's say if you take them out now, is there a possibility to take them out later? I know I just asked you five questions in one. <laughs> that was five in one. I'll start with the last one. Yes. If you have a food sensitivity, remember this is different than a food intolerance, like lactose. Mm. Lactose means you just can't break down uh, dairy. I hear it all the time. People are like, I'm lactose intolerant. So I drink lactose free milk. And then I ask the question, well, how do you feel? Well, I still have all these symptoms and it's a bit better. You might have lactose intolerance, but you also might have dairy protein sensitivity. Yeah. Those are two okay. different things, right? Yeah, so yes. there, there could be, there could be an allergy, like a peanut, like on my, my mouth is itchy after I eat it. And that usually happens within a couple of minutes. Yeah. What we're talking about here, Gina, we're talking about the, the slow onset IgG, IgA food allergy. And this is a slower onset within kind of 24 hours. Now, some of this can be to do with that your diet has just been off for so long and your digestive system is, is tolerance is, is really been, uh, and the immune system's tolerance has really been impacted. Part of it could be a little bit of leaky gut, which is called intestinal hyperpermeability, which is well yeah. documented in the research. If anyone yeah. says that's nonsense, then they haven't read PubMed. But can I just uh, say that the leaky gut, though, that is like it is absolutely a real thing, but it has been like over. It's a it's another buzz overused kind of term. Yeah, it's, people so think like, oh, right away, I have leaky gut if I have gut symptoms. No, not at all. Yeah, if that's not the case. So. Yeah. Uh, that could be contributing more to having a more intolerant immune system, Gina. That's mm -hmm. why I brought that up. Not the, the yeah. harp on leaky gut, but more along the lines of it is part of uh, as you heal that by continuing to avoid more processed inflammatory foods, your immune system will become less reactive over time. Got it. Yeah. And then you could have, you know, I can have dairy once in a while or I can have wheat once in a while. Mm. And, and then your body will tell you, oh, you know what? I can't. It, it's really, really... Um, yeah you know, really, really bothers me. Okay. Then, you know, let's, uh, let's avoid it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a good way to kind of, um, think about it. This is not a forever thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you probably asked me a bunch of other questions at the beginning of that. <laughs> and so, uh, you may have to ask them again. <laughs> no, that was, I mean, that's the, 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 the thing that, and this was the, 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 like the nightshades and the, and the sea, oh, yes, yes. those types of things. Um, that would be based on individuals, not just, yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of very healthy foods that are in the nightshade family, like, for example, red peppers, uh, there, that, and also the foods that contain lectins. I think we have to be very careful with all these diets. Every, mm -hmm. every couple of years is a new fad diet. So it's like FODMAPs, it's SIBO. It's, it's so extreme. You know, it's, it's extremes, right? They are. And they, and they actually starve a lot of, like, for example, the, the SIBO and the FODMAPs diet, they basically cut out fiber. Mm -hmm. uh, that's and, and not allowing your gut to actually ferment that. But again, to me, that's like, 
one layer down, but it's not far enough. So why yeah. can your microbiome address or consume things that are high in fiber? Well, the problem is that there's an imbalance there. And it mm -hmm. might've been because you've been drinking a ton of uh, chlorinated water and it messed up your microbiome. You took a ton of antibiotics in the past and that impacted your microbiome. A lot of times people are like, I got a, uh, I got a, a food bug, I got gastroenteritis. And then ever since then I got IBS. Well, yeah. when we think about that, that yeah. is actually a bug that really impacted your microbiome. Well, we need to, we need to basically, again, reset that. And so for you, that person would need kind of a, 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 a focused approach to uh, weed and feed the microbiome. So weed out the bad guys, put the good guys back in. And I want to say, before you even say it, I know people are thinking, well, I take a probiotic. Right. Yeah, I know. I can, Gina, we've done this so many times. It's like, Telepathy, we know <laughs> probiotics are grass seed, but if yes. you have weeds all over your lawn, you can't out grass seed them. You can't, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So in some cases it's worth a try for a probiotic. And that's why I think it's a good to have it on the program. There's a lot yeah. of general benefit, but if soon as you stop taking it, point number one, the effect kind of goes away. That's number one. Mm. Number two is that if it help, works for you, amazing, great. You can continue taking it and then maybe take a break after your program's done, see how your digestive system is. But for the people, maybe the 20%, I'm not sure, that yeah. are like, I took a probiotic, it did nothing. I took a probiotic, I felt worse. Yes. Then these are key signs that you have a dysbiosis occurring, an imbalance of good and bad bacteria. That's what back in dysbiosis means. And then yeah. you need to have some uh, targeted approach. Yeah, again, this conversation is for the people who are having a hard time losing. We're not talking about everyone else who's doing just fine. They're taking your probiotics. Your probiotics are great. Keep taking them. Things are yeah. moving and grooving. You're good. We're just talking specifically for people who are having, if things aren't moving for them, it could be that something like taking that is making things actually, it's not the right thing to take. And anyway, all of this really is a massive message to head to your doctors and start investigating your natural path or book an appointment with Dr. Paul. Oh um, God, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting I, I know you have so much time on your hands oh i know it's getting uh, it's getting swamped that's good that's okay okay the last Love one everybody. so four reasons your weight is not dropping yes and you guys I, I i have summarized all all dr paul's notes i have them in a post for you guys tomorrow hormone health we talked inflammation food sensitivity gut dysbiosis and hormone health and and this is a conversation for people who are losing weight too that doesn't mean that Absolutely. you don't have issues going on that you can't level up. I just want to talk, um, something you said about the gut dysbiosis. Like if you've ever gone on a vacation, right. And got like a flu, like a stomach bug or something, you know, and you shit your pants and you're like, come back and your tummy's not right. And it gets better, but it's never really right after that. Like how many of us did that happen to, right. That that's what you're talking about. That effect of yeah. your microbiome. Exactly. And, oh, you know, it could be like, I had a bad sinus infection and then I took three different antibiotics back you know, mm. a couple of years ago. And then, it, and those totally, we know that especially early in life. Yeah. And that's part of it is that like, you know, certain times we're a little bit more vulnerable. It's like when we start stacking antibiotics on top of each other, if a person gets a, a really, like I said, a bug that actually isn't totally eradicated, it could be a parasite. It could yeah. be, um, you know, it could be a, a fungus in, or candida, which again is thrown around a lot, but it does, it, it's, it is an issue for some people yeah. you know? yeah. and you need somebody to address those issues. So your family doctor, they can run a stool test, which mm -hmm. the, they do the big, big ones, you know, like 
beaver fever, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're not getting any results there, that's when you need to start taking the next step and working with a naturopathic doctor, find somebody local to you that you can build a relationship with. If you have, yeah. find somebody that is, is a personal recommendation from somebody that, you know, that's like, I worked with them. This is what they're like. Um, yeah. you know, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of great, great, great ones out there. Love it. Okay. Uh, inflammation, food sensitivity, gut dysbiosis, and then hormone health. Anything you want to add to hormone health? Yeah. People think hormones and they think very much just like, okay, my like reproductive hormones or they think thyroid, but it could be has a lot of other implications. Like, you know, for example, testosterone, if women are struggling with libido, if men are struggling with libido and uh, men are struggling with uh, maintaining muscle mass, that's a really important thing. Uh, So it's not, it's, it's not just one hormone, Gina. It's about the the symphony and the synergy of all the hormones working together. Right. In my experience, I find the adrenal system is probably the one that's least understood, least tested because it just there aren't good tests to actually look at it. Yeah. So you need to actually look at saliva testing. You need to look at urine hormone testing. You've probably talked about Dutch testing before on the uh, yeah with Jen with Jen Pike with Jen Pike yeah yeah exactly right. So I'm a I'm a big fan of of using those tools to get a full picture of your hormonal uh, environment and then tackling each one. Uh, and and I want to make a note here about the people that are doing this a second and a third time because there's a okay. lot of them now in the group right that that have gone through it. Then they got some really good results the first time and they might say you know I'm not really getting the results the second time. If you got great results the first time, you might have run up to the obstacle now that the other people experienced maybe in the first session that they had. So that's the time when you start looking at all the things that you've just brought up again. Mm. Um, so even though you might have had success in the with a program in the past, now the body will hit a plateau. And then now you're looking at, okay, how do I level up? Uh, in, in a lot of different ways, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and then all these physical things that we're talking about. You have to look at all for those areas. So that's a good point. You cut out for a little bit there. Cause I, so I missed part of that, but dude, you're saying if people, so if they're coming, so they're coming back second, third, fourth time around, and they're, they're having a harder time this way, obviously, you know, there you've watched, you've read, you've read over the fresh eyes post. You're not getting out of, you're not getting in your own way and just adding those bites and bits, but you're really trying and you're feeling that you're kind of stuck what you're saying is like this, this could be where something is popping up where they actually need to start being investigative. Whereas before maybe they didn't need to, cause their body was connecting. And then you finally got to a point where, cause we talk about plateaus, plateaus of your body taking time to solidify the way, you know, adjust to the weight that you've lost, yeah. make change behind the scenes. But you're saying to some people, maybe it's more than just Matt, this is where, or where maximizing comes in. Maybe this is where, you know, even though you had success in the first group or second group, maybe, it, maybe you didn't t- go to your doctor then, but maybe it's time to go to your doctor now is that what you're saying that's exactly what i'm saying and and a lot of times people are like well i did it before and 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 it should work again not necessarily not necessarily you've now reached your plateau and your body has a set point that you're that's working at for whatever reason at that time so what can you do now that maybe you didn't have to do in the past that you kind of have to level up now yeah so that means that you so there there's never a it's never too late to start investigating. If you're feeling like something is off in your body, it's not necessarily only happening at the beginning and preventing you right. from start from losing when you start. It could be something that happens halfway through the program and the process. Absolutely. 
love that. And while I talk about this too, like, especially as you're running your, your body through a process like this, your your body's leveling up and your body's making change and your body's changing. And sometimes it can work at such optimal levels that this is where deficiencies will start popping up. And this is where your body needs extra support and you need to, so we have this perception that we're going along and we're getting healthier in which we are, but you may also be unraveling and discovering that you have some underlying issues along the way. Yeah. And you know, this is a great segue into the, 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 I think fourth or fifth tenant of um, weight loss obstacles and that's detoxification. And mm. that is a really, that's, we leave it for the last cause it's the hardest one to kind of wrap our heads around. It's yeah. something that I know you talk about a lot, which I really appreciate. A lot of people don't give it enough. Uh, don't give it enough credit for how important it, it really is because it's one of those things that the body's doing it every second of every day. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's also overused. So I did a detox. I did this detox kit. I did this detox formula and, and I just, you know, poop my pants. It was just like, it was, it was great. It was really difficult, but detoxification is something that we have to consider. We store in our bodies, fats, uh, substances, toxins, sometimes for years. Yeah. And they are well-documented to be endocrine disruptors, hormonal disruptors, obesogens, diabesogens. These are substances that basically bring on and promote obesity. And we could have been exposed to them for decades. Right. And some of them are washed out of our bodies and some of them are stored in fat. And so I, one of my, one of my kind of theories based on the available research is, is that some people hit a plateau because their body has using this fat tissue as a storage depot for stuff that it's just been exposed to over the years. Yeah. And to kind of break that open and get to the next level, people need to go down that detox route. So if you're really, really, um, you know, getting a lot of detox symptoms, maybe you need to double down on that. And that's a sign from the body say, Hey, I actually need some more help. And that's not just about going out and getting the latest detox cleanse. <laughs> yes. Thank that's you. About, no, it's, it's, it's about, <laughs> it's about staying the course on the, in, um, on the diet. It's about making sure your hydration is optimal. Uh, and then there are some herbs that are quite helpful to help promote. It doesn't do it itself. It just yeah. helps your body do what it's supposed to do. But mm -hmm. there's also like a lot of, um, lifestyle and kind of practical things you can do. For example, if you have access to a sauna, amazing therapy, mm -hmm. heat therapy is really important. Hydrotherapy is really important mm -hmm. that you can do dry skin brushing for moving lymphatic tissue, lymphatic massage. For what example. about that cold thing that people are doing dipping into the cold water? Yeah. Cold plunges. Yeah. There's that no, yeah. Called cryotherapy, but there's also just cold, cold plunges or cold showers, which is really been popular popularized by a guy named Wim Hof, um, yeah, who's a yeah. Dutch, you know, the Iceman. He was, you know, he has a book out. Uh, and there's a lot of research that's coming out showing the benefits of going from like warm to cold or just cold exposure because it's it's a stressor. It's a kind of yes. a good stressor. Yes. I like to think about stress not in it's all bad because we think about yeah. stress just as it's negative, but there's also something called eustress, which is good stress. It's a EU stress. Mm -hmm. And there's also something distress. Mm. We've in, in kind of our modern culture, just kind of short form both and just said stress, but there, whenever you work out, Gina, you stress yourself. Yeah. The idea is that you want to challenge your body to get better. And that's a huge mental I think shift for people because people think, oh, I'm stressed. No, if you shift mentally and be like, you know what? Maybe this stress I can't get out of right now, but I'm actually going to put my mindset as using it as a good stress. It's a challenge a in a good way. Yes. Yeah. 
And, you know, finally, what I'll say is that uh, there's something, I, I came from a background of athletics and uh, there's something in athletics called overtraining syndrome where mm -hmm. athletes are training so hard that they, they basically, their heart, uh, heart rate starts changing. It basically is like a, uh, an autonomic issue, an adrenal issue. Yeah, like but they, one of my, they go backwards rather than progression. Yeah, exactly. Regression, yeah. It's like they, they, they overdo it and they, they've, they've gone past their ability to tolerate stress. But I think a lot of that also has to do with the fact that they didn't recover. So it's not just over um, overtraining, it's under recovery. Under and I think recovery. we have to think about that in our current lives. Maybe we're not all uh, Olympic level athletes, but <laughs> if you're stressing a lot and you're under a lot of stress, you better have a lot of relaxation, a parasympathetic to counterbalance that. Yeah. So instead of fretting about all the things we can't control in the stress, we should be focused on, no, I'm carving out time to do something that's good for me. So if I have an aging parent that I'm dealing with, I can't, you know, that's a stress you can't get rid of, right. but I'm going to now put in good things that are going to counterbalance that. I want people to start thinking about that differently. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Instead yeah. of being like, Oh no, you know, like I'm freaking out. And like, and then they start going to things like alcohol and poor coping strategies that actually take away from their ability to deal with stress. So anyways, that's, um, that's my kind of key differentiation on you stress and de-stress. I love, I love that. I love, I, I love that. Cause we're always doing that on program and plan. We're helping the body, giving it the resources it needs. And then with the tweaks and changes we're making each week, we're kind of, we're stressing the body out. We're getting it to focus on something else, like in all the best ways this week, we're downsizing. So for, you know, we've been feeding ourselves to satisfaction and now we're changing it, eating slightly less. Our body is noticing it's not happy about it. We're stressing it out, but in all the best ways, right. In all the best ways. I love that. I well, we're going to start running through. Can we just talk about so you're talking about um adrenals so yeah. adrenal support you know this this uh, i'm actually considering I, I i i'm considering taking this off the list because this is definitely one it can be super beneficial for people who need it but we definitely don't want people self-diagnosing um can we talk about adrenal support though because it is there's something to be said about supporting oh, your adrenals yeah, yeah absolutely everyone's familiar with thyroid and your reproductive hormones, but adrenals is a little bit more, it's very poorly understood. Yeah. And it's a huge issue when you're under a lot of stress mm -hmm. or cortisol, which is the main hormone the adrenals produce. They controls blood sugar. It controls inflammation. Mm -hmm. It controls all the things in the body that help you get up and go. So if you have low energy, especially in the morning, if your blood pressure is all over the place, especially if it's low all the time, if these are key signs that your adrenal system is not doing well, but there are so many others, Gina, like you can go down the list. So yeah, I think in general, uh, historically the herbs that help deal with adrenals, which are in that adrenal formulation yes. that you just showed, yeah. they are called adaptogens. They mm -hmm. help the body adapt to stress. I think those herbs are something that everybody in Western culture should be dealing with uh, mm -hmm. and should be uh, using at, at, points in time and they are very very gentle and they're very kind of supportive and nutritive so what am i talking about i'm talking about ginsengs i'm talking about ashwagandha i'm talking yeah. about herbs like rhodiola these herbs are very safe so we don't want to uh, diagnose but at the same time i think it's fairly safe for people to take it if they feel like they have stress but that being said it's a that one especially that formulation is a very introductory general one yes so if you really think this is an issue, that's when you have to go and work with that, you know, naturopathic doctor to figure out, all right, yeah. now I can eat a very specific one that's good for my adrenal issues because I've tried the general adrenal one. I still am really fatigued in the morning and mm, I sleep yeah. poorly and I'm stressed out all the time. 
Yeah. Cause there's a, that we gave a list and, and like, I think it's pretty much every person would be like, yo, that's me. Um, you know, like I said, I, this is one of the ones that it can be so beneficial, but if you really have adrenal issues, you really got to go to yeah, you gotta go see an expert. Totally. Um, can we also talk about B12, B12 or B complex? Like, you know, B12, B complex. Yeah. So, so someone talked about their fingers going numb. That, that can be a sign that you're deficient in, 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 in B's kind of numbness. It could be. I've never seen that as a deficiency, Gina. It's like, it is in the textbook, but yep. uh, more often or not, it's like, I'm tired. Uh, and <laughs> then on, on blood work, your B12 is low. It also helps uh, re help um, the formation of red blood cells. So along with iron deficiency, it also helps the, and complements that. So doing a B complex would be very helpful for that. Yeah. Uh, and most people, they need extra nutrients when they're doing a program like yours. So that's mm -hmm. why I think a B complex makes total sense while yeah. they're doing it. Okay. Also, if a person's, um, you know, have any sort of mood imbalances, B complex mm. are quite helpful that a lot of, oh. a lot of times these are key cofactors needed for your neurotransmitters to be produced. So um, not only is it metabolism, but it's also, you know, very broad functioning. So I, um, I had some issues with my bees and I was so tired. And yeah. one of the things like this doesn't make you necessarily more energetic. It's just that when, when I got my B levels up, I noticed I wasn't at, like, I wasn't that ridiculous tired. So it didn't make me more energetic. It just took like the insanely tired kind of this made me just more normal tired. <laughs> if that's the right thing. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that can cause fatigue, right? But, uh, you know, bees yeah. help with that. I do find the type of B vitamin that you use, a B complex, makes a huge difference in how effective it actually what, is. Do you, have a, do you have a brand that you like? There's someone who was asking um, if you have a favorite brand of supplements. I mean, obviously you have of, of access. supplements in general? Yeah, you have access to like, as, as being a naturopathic doctor, you have access to a, do you have access to a certain like level of stuff? Like, you know, a, yeah. a, you know but you know, nowadays, like people think I have access to like something really special. There are yeah. some, there are some brands. I definitely have prescribing rights. So I have access to certain things get over, yeah. over the counter at certain doses. Uh, but this day and age in the world of Amazon and all these, you know, uh, director consumers, you, people can get all the really good quality things and uh, nutrients that are made in Canada, Europe, U.S., all online. And so I, I really don't have any sort of like secret special thing. You no. can, they are more expensive generally, but hundred percent, I find that they work better and they have doses that are more effective. Uh, also not to mention, I think safety is a, a bigger issue. Um, more so when you're buying really cut rate brands, more so also in the U S because there's less regulation where, uh, you know, in Canada, you have to, you know, you have to have certain um, parameters and health Canada is, is quite strict on that. Okay. Uh, so that is a good safety mechanism we have here in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but the issue more is, is that a lot of the cheaper brands will have lower doses that it's, in my opinion, is not going to be effective. And you just end up taking more and just paying the same amount of money. In you. Exactly. There, there's like a certain threshold, you know, that's like, you have to kind of get, get past before you start getting a therapeutic effect. And, and, you know, you could take a multi one a day for six months and you may not get anything out of it. But if you took a multi that was four a day, let's say, but you took it for two or three months, you might notice a difference. Okay. I, I'm, I'm mindful of the time here, but how do you know, like, so, so many people are like, well, I added this in, I didn't think it worked. So I switched this out and I changed this and I changed that. Like, obviously that's not good to constantly switching out. How long should you commit to taking something to know whether it's working or not working? How would you know if it's working or not working? 
everyone's a little bit different, Gina. Like for example, you have Elfini in your hand. Elfini, yeah. you should notice uh, within like a couple hours. So that one there is something you should notice. But in general, I always say you're commit, you're doing Gina's plan, follow Gina's instructions for three months. You know? yeah. And and that would be a very reasonable thing to do. And at that point, I always do advocate taking a supplement break. Notice if there's any difference. Sometimes you don't notice the difference if you come on it, but if you take it off, you know, you're like, wow, you know, my joint pains come back now that my, my, my turmeric supplements stop, for example. Yeah. Ah, you know what? That's how you notice it. So I would say give it a good uh, three months in general, but there are certain things like L-theanine that you should notice the difference within, you know, a couple hours. Cause it is very calming. It's a calming amino acid and you might need to take two or three of it to notice it. Yeah. Like I remember having a conversation with my aunts about this and she's like, well, I don't know like if it's working and she's like, but, but I'm a lot less stressed. So I'm feeling good. And then we're all like, well then we'll guess it's working. You're so right. A lot of people have this kind of like, you know, uh, recency bias where they're like, I still feel like I have this and this and this, and my weight's not moving, but look at a, B and C that are like way better. Like my, yeah. like I hear it all the time, Dr. Paul, I'm here. I'm doing genius plan. <clears throat> Uh, I've only lost five pounds and I'm so frustrated by that. And then I'm like, yeah. all right, my, my second question is, okay, so how is the ID find the program? And the response usually is like, oh, it's amazing. Like I have more energy. I sleep much better. My skin's cleared up. And I'm like, but it's oh, not working. It is, is it not really working? <laughs> well, but my weight's not moving. I'm like, okay, hold on here. We, your body is going to lose it when it's ready. So you do everything possible to be as healthy as possible and the weight should then come off after that, yes. at that point. So yeah. look at the big picture, people. Yeah. Come on, can you just talk like to the people about um, why it takes people certain, like obviously it's obvious why it takes some people longer. Or, like how much time would you suggest? Because you talk to you talk to people who do the program all the time. To your point, you come and be like, there must be something wrong with me. Like, can you just talk to people about how long, like the end of, like the time that it takes and the process and like just in reality, what should people expect? You know what I mean? Because so people are like, I only lost five pounds, or some people are like, oh my god, I'm trying to hang on, but I only lost fourteen pounds in six weeks and so depressing it's like oh my god that's amazing like can we just manage expectations yeah exactly so there's a there's a bit of an expectation thing there's also a bit of a comparison to like people mm. which i like they're doing things in like groups they're yeah hearing, this is a big group so they're hearing all these success stories they're like well what's wrong with me i only lost 10 pounds well you know i i, I also i've also seen this i'm i'm 140 and i want to get to 120 and i lost 10 pounds i'm like if you look at the percentage of how much you actually lost, you lost way more than somebody that was 230 and yeah. lost 30 pounds, but they should Good actually point. be 175 or Good 150. Point. So look at your, um, you know, look at the overall amount that you want to lose. Yeah. Um, and so that's one thing. Secondly, look at all the other things that are, might be getting better in the program and, and really celebrate and focus on those. Uh, that's, a, you know, that's a really important perspective um, thing that you have to look at. And, and then obviously everything we talked about, especially today, it's all about focus on uh, things that are uh, obstacles. And so check those off the list, do your due diligence, go to your family doctor, ask for some blood work, get it run, talk to a naturopath, get somebody on your team to help you level up. And after you've done all those things and during this process, what I encourage people to do is take a really good step back and assess your entire life and health. Because, you know, I'll give you an example. One person that was going through your program was like, yeah, I lost 15 pounds, but I want to lose more. And then I'm like, I'm going through, you know, a divorce with my husband, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, 
consider the big picture is that those are huge things that no matter what supplement I give you, no matter what blood test I run, you're going to be affected by that. Yeah. So yeah. you have to look at the whole thing in totality and, and, and be gentle on yourself and be realistic with yourself Love about that. some of these things. So I have three, I have three minutes. L-theanine. Yeah, go for it. L-theanine. L-theanine. One of my favorite nutrients, very safe, no interactions with medications, calming, it works really, really quickly for most people. It's kind of like a really gentle Xanax, uh, but um, you people usually underdose, so you need to take a little bit more of it. Yeah, so I can, okay, there, there's I opening it into a wine. CoQ10, CoQ10. Yeah, I mean, so cellular energy. Yeah, yeah, cellular energy. It's really great for heart function, uh, antioxidant properties. You know, I, I think it's just a general good supplement to kind of support our metabolism. Mm -hmm. Is it, what are you going to notice with it? Not like L-theanine. You're probably yeah. going to notice nothing if you don't have any heart issues or you don't have, and if you're on a statin medication or somebody in your life is on a statin medication and they're not on CoQ10, that is one of those hard absolutely's they have to be on. They should be taking, yeah. Um, um, MCT oil. Yeah. Like MCT, a, a it's like a fuel, you know, it's like, it's like a little bit of turbo fuel. You can put it in your coffee. I like it because, um, it's just a good fat and we got to get more good fats into our body. Our body is flooded by bad fats. What's a bad fat. Anything that is hot, highly processed, all these big, like agro seed oils, like, mm. you know, oil. corn oils, uh, cotton seed, canola. Yeah oil these are all majorly problematic and i think one of the biggest under um underappreciated causes of uh, negative issues trace minerals if you're drinking all this water take some trace minerals because they're it helps your water stay in the right spots in your body right minerals and water have this really important relationship uh water follows where your minerals are and mm. so you need to have enough minerals. The magnesium is one mineral, but trace minerals gives you all of it, especially if you're getting up into the like five, six, seven liters of water a day, that's when you need to take it and follow the instructions on the, on the label there, which is, I think like, you know, five drops a liter or something like that. Love it. All the supplements in general, pretty safe to take for most people. You selected them. I think, well, most of these supplements are absolutely safe. The one thing would be the adrenals. So be careful with that. If you're yes. on antidepressants, yeah. uh, turmeric, if you're, if you have an active ulcer, but other than that, you know, generally extremely well tolerated, uh, turmeric, I missed it. Where is it? I don't have it here. Turmeric. Yeah. If you didn't, I don't. I don't yeah. So, I mean, that's an anti-inflammatory. It's a great herb. You can cook with it. It's like a, you know, similar to ginger, which is in that. Yeah. There you go. Turmeric. Uh, a lot of people take it and they're like, I have all this inflammation. It's not getting better. Well, turmeric is one specific type of anti-inflammatory. It may not be responding to your type of inflammation. Good point. So, that being said, don't, uh, there's doing, it's doing a lot of other beneficial effects other than just uh, dealing with joint pain. Um, mm. it may not have anything to do with headaches. For example, I, I my mm. experience is hit and miss with a type of headaches. It oh. definitely will not do anything for migraines as an example. <laughs> yeah. so. Give me all the drugs. Give me all the drugs. There's my time. I'm at 9.50. Done. Drop the mic. Dr. Paul has got to go. He's got places to go, people to see, um, which he is very busy. So he will not be personally answering questions uh, that you guys have asked down below. I will put the team on it. They will do the best they can. Um, should they want to find you though, Dr. Paul? Yep. You, you can go to my website, paulherkelnd.com. I, you know, I have a practice in Vaughn Pain and Wellness Center. You can go to my Instagram, see that all on my handle. So uh, check me out there. That's probably the best way to access me. 
And he will be back on March 22nd. I have one more session with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always fun, Gina. Thanks for having me. It was all it was Thank really you. Good. Bye. Bye, Thanks everybody. Good luck.